I'm over here shying away because I just, (laughs) sometimes it's a little overwhelming feeling that I've been chosen. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of the why me? Like mm-hmm. what what did I do to deserve this? And mm-hmm. and I I believe that the pendant is powerful. And I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. But you know, that's just some doubt that I'm still processing mm-hmm. that still comes up. And for me, when I first made the pendant and I had that day where I was like, wow, I did this thing that I had the idea to do. My first positive affirmation that I needed was that I am capable. Mm-hmm. I had spent the majority of my life believing that anything I tried to do was going to fail, you know, that I was never going to mount anything. I wouldn't be successful. You know, a lot of negative thought patterns that were lodged in my brain. And I realized that the making of that first pendant for me was a belief that I am capable. Hello friends, you are listening to Asheville Awake, and I am your host, Amy Trujillo. Asheville Awake is a podcast dedicated to highlighting some of the amazing people doing amazing things in this pretty cool town of Asheville, North Carolina. We're not just known for our beer, we're also known for our artists. Today, I am so blessed to share this interview with Margaret Goodson Graham, a local artist and jewelry designer who's on a mission to change the world, one centering pendant at a time. After teaching special ed for 10 years and becoming a yoga teacher, Margaret found her divine calling after asking the universe to show her a way that she could create something with her hands that had meaning and purpose. In September of 2016, her request was answered. The universe provided her with the idea of a centering pendant, a two-sided concave form that creates the perfect landing spot for the thumb and forefinger in Guyana Mudra. Margaret has found a way to take yoga mindfulness and meditation beyond the mat and into our everyday life. This episode is overflowing with lessons and stories and what it means to trust one's higher self, let go of the past, release control of the future, and embody the healing power of presence. So without further ado, please welcome my guest, Margaret Goodson Graham. Hi there. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. It's nice to be here. It's really good to have you here. It's been a long time coming, right? The first time we had a conversation about you being on the show. I think we met almost two years ago at yeah. the Asheville Yoga Festival. Yeah. yeah. When I was just thinking about doing a podcast, I, you know, <laughs> I was like gathering up all these people that I wanted to talk to. And, and I had just started my business earlier that year. Yeah. And here we are. Here we are. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Go us. Go us. Yeah. So I've been keeping track of you since then. I know. I'm kind of like a stalker. <laughs> tell me. And you've been up to a, a lot. Yes. You want to fill us in on what's going on with Margaret? Wow. Currently, a lot of what I do, is, well, I'm full-time artist, jewelry artist, and... A lot of my time is spent making and doing art festivals and art fairs. Mm -hmm. Um, I prefer that to sell the pieces because then I can talk directly Mm 
mm-hmm. with the people who are interested in them. And I find when I can make that eye contact and have a conversation about it, mm-hmm. it goes a lot smoother because my jewelry is not just meant to be worn. It's meant to be used. Mm. Yeah. Can you say a little bit more about that? Yes. Uh, so I make centering pendants mm-hmm. that have a purpose and a meaning. Mm. Um, they're intended to be used as mindfulness tools or a reminder to take some deep breaths and just recenter yourself whenever you need to. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. I just felt you get really grounded when you started to talk about them. It's it's an amazing feeling for me every time I talk about, you know, another reason I like to go to the festivals and talk about them in person is because every time I say that, I feel it in my own chest where I wear my centering pendant. Mm. And yeah. so... You know, I get to feel that every time I talk about my work. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. So in addition to um, festivals, art festivals and fairs, um, I sell online. But yeah, most of my day is spent making or trying to figure out online marketing or just um, giving myself permission to sit Mm. and be still because that helps with the creativity and the inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're a yogi too. I am a yogi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I practice meditation and gentle asana. <laughs> mm. Right there with you. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been a crazy, well, not crazy. It's mm, It's been an interesting couple of years since the be- business began because you know, the last part I was talking about where I'm just giving myself permission to sit and let creativity, inspiration come. That's also been a lot of personal healing. So a journey in, into myself and Mm. yeah, healing myself through this work. Mm -hmm. What did you discover there in your stillness? Mm. Wow. (laughs) I listened to a talk one time by Tom Knowles where he said that meditation is like going into a room that has the lights off and sitting down and turning the lights on and seeing all of the mess that is Mm. in that room. And to picture like your teenage room, right? When you weren't so organized (laughs) or clean. Um, and that is what it's been like for me. It's it's kind of a mess. Um, it's, you know, it's kind of scary. Mindfulness is not lighthearted work. Mm-hmm. So it's looked like a lot of truth and being honest with where I am. Mm-hmm. And using the centering pendant to remind me that that's enough, but then also seeking help, professional help, (laughs) Um, which has been great. It's a really powerful message. Yes. It's because when, when you see that mess, you, you want to look away. So get you some help. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the shadow can teach us so much. Yes, yes, yeah. the shadow work. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I do a lot of that, and journaling is coming next. Uh, I'm not currently journaling, and that's coming next. Yeah. A bunch of processing. I love that. And you can feel that through the jewelry and through just your presence the space that you hold, that you've done the work. Oh, I'm doing the work. Continue to do it. Yeah. Is the work ever done? I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I do. I make, I sell, and I process. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel I'm very privileged and lucky to have this space and time that I have. Mm -hmm. It's been really nice. Yeah. 
And your business has been blossoming for this last year. What did you do before that? How did you find yourself Uh, here? Man. Well, so, I mean, I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. I lived in the Carolinas all my life. Um, I went to UNCA for my art degree and graduated with a BA in art, but I concentrated in ceramics, which I say, but because now I make jewelry. So, (laughs) um, coming, coming out of college, I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, (laughs) I remember sitting down with my mentor. What are they called? Not a mentor. Academic advisor. Yes. Mm -hmm. And he was, he asked me what I was going to do after college. And I just looked at him dumbfounded (laughs) like, what's after college, you know, because when you spend your entire life in school, just doing what you're told for me personally, that meant I never had to think about what was coming next. Someone would tell me this is next. Now you go do this. So literally when he asked me, that was the first time I realized I had I had no idea. Like someone should probably tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I waitressed for a while, and then I went into teaching. I got a, I nearly got a master's in teaching special ed and taught special ed for ten years, and then along the way got my license to teach yoga. That was in 2014, I think, here at the Asheville Yoga Center. And that was great. And I really enjoyed teaching yoga. And then I had the opportunity to quit teaching uh, in the school system and just teach yoga and jewelry, which I did for two years. But that whole two years, I kept feeling like I needed to pick one or the other. Mm. I knew that to be really good at either teaching yoga or at making jewelry, I needed to focus Mm -hmm. in just one area. But I was having a hard time deciding which one, choosing which one, because clearly the yoga was very meaningful. I felt like I was helping, Mm -hmm. and it made me feel good to teach. It came naturally to me to teach. Um, but then I also really, really enjoyed working with my hands and I couldn't, I didn't want to give up the jewelry I was making at the time, Grit Goods Jewelry, which was a play on my name, um, Margaret Goodson, and it included gunmetal and genuine stones. So I would say the grit was the gunmetal and the stones were the goods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that had no meaning, right? <laughs> it was just jewelry. So for those, for like a beautiful and stunning and thick. Yeah. But so literally for a year and a half, I would talk to people and tell each person if I was going to choose jewelry, it had to have more purpose and meaning. Mm -hmm. I said that out loud to at least half a dozen people. Mm -hmm. Um, As you're calling all along, you just didn't realize. Yeah. I, I did. And I was trying to make that look like, Maybe I was making great goods jewelry, but financially donating to a cause. That Mm -hmm. was like the best I could come up with at the time. Mm -hmm. Until one day in the car, I was thinking about the problem that I wanted to solve for for people, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're a business owner, you know you're supposed to know what problem you solve for people. And I kept thinking about how all my yoga students would complain about the time commitment for yoga. It was hard to get to class for an hour, especially if you've got kids and a regular job and all that stuff. And then, you know, meditate 15 minutes a day, twice a day is another time commitment. And so I'm in the car just thinking about how it's this time that's pulling people back from self-care routines. And I looked at my hands on the steering wheel and started, you know, notice that when your thumb and fingers are wrapped around the wheel that you're, you can touch your forefinger to your thumb and you're kind of in Gaia Mudra, you know, you could have a little mindful moment in your car and, and just my mind started forming this item that could be held between the thumb and forefinger 
and it would fit perfectly. So it was concave on both sides and it had a hole through the center so your fingers could touch. And then I started picturing the lotus flower on the inside of it for the meaning of the lotus, but also just because it was this is a beautiful item that I was picturing. And I realized I had just come up with an idea for a pendant, the for the centering pendant. And it it I will never forget that moment because <laughs> I was in my car just like, oh my God, like literally. And when I say, oh my God, I mean that because that was also a beginning of a spiritual awakening for me. Up until that point, I would not have considered myself a spiritual person. I would have either called myself agnostic or atheist or irreligious, you know, just it did not play a part in my life. But in that moment, I realized I had been asking the universe something and it just gave it to me. And suddenly I was picturing jewelry that had purpose and meaning. And yeah, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> um, it was an amazing feeling. I, no one yeah. can see this, but I've got major goosebumps. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> We're goosebumping twins. Yes. That was the first amazing moment. Um, that was uh, September or October of 2016. And it wasn't until January of 2017 that I um, made a commitment to take a class to learn how to make this pendant. And what I mean by that is just that the form that I was creating in my mind is not easy to make in sheet metal silversmithing but I knew of a material called precious metal clay. Um, and I was pretty sure I could make it in that. I just <laughs> didn't know how to use it. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it took me those few months to sort of get up the courage to create, to bring this to fruition, to make it an actual physical thing and not just an idea. Yeah. So that was January hmm, 14th. 2017. Uh, my teacher is Amy Brandenburg. She lives here in Asheville. And we, we made lentil beads. So if you can picture two convex forms um, coming together to form a, something that looks like a lentil, um, and then you put holes through it and you can wear it as a pendant. But I came to her class knowing that I was going to try to do that backwards. <laughs> to take two concave forms and put them back to back. And that was my second very much just an amazing moment because it worked. And so then I almost, uh, I dare say, felt a little like God. <laughs> <laughs> you may Because say. <laughs> I created a new thing and it, and it worked. And, you know, th that was a very special day for me because my mom was also there. Mm. She's an artist and she lives here in Asheville. Uh, she's a silk painter. She works at Flow Gallery and is part owner. That day was special for my mom being there because she got to see it all happen. You know, she just came because she wanted to play and learn. And as an artist, it's fun to just try other things. Mm. Yeah, I made the pendant that day and I was so excited that it worked. And then the next day, I think, was probably one of the best days of my life because I had born my idea. I, I mean, it's, I don't you have, birthed it. Yeah. I don't have yeah. children, but this was like I birthed a child. Like, yeah. um, it was especially meaning for me because I have a lot of ideas, but they rarely. Mm -hmm. come to fruition because I just don't follow through. Um, so on that day, I realized I can follow through with my good ideas. I can make good things happen for myself. I can. It just gave me so much confidence that I could do something mm -hmm. <laughs> that I thought about doing, mm -hmm. which sounds silly to say, but it no, was, it makes perfect sense. It was huge for me. It makes absolute perfect sense. Yeah. Good. I don't know what the original question was. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was something like, how did you come to be here? And 
That is how. Yeah, that is how. It. Yeah, it was amazing. I would. <laughs> I don't show a lot of emotion. Um. But I was joyous that day, mm-hmm. just dancing, whistling, singing. Yeah. Then I know I enjoy. <laughs> and you're exactly on your right path. Yes. And that is a joyful feeling. Yes. Everything had come together. Everything was exactly as it was meant to be. I was exactly where I was meant to be. It really I I made something with purpose and meaning, but it also brought purpose and meaning to my life mm-hmm. that I dare say had been missing. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. At that point, it became clear that I was meant to make jewelry and not teach yoga, mm-hmm. which was still a hard choice to make. Um, but that summer of 17 was the last time I ever taught a yoga class. Wow. Yeah, I honor that you know that you are meant to focus on one thing. There's so much conditioning out there that says, oh, you've got to be able to do all the things. Mm-hmm. And some of us aren't designed like that. Right. Me being one of them. <laughs> so I can completely empathize. You know, I have all these things going on, but they, it feels like, like they're all under one umbrella. Mm-hmm. Whereas if they were all different, I just could not even imagine being able to, to juggle it all. Right. And so I, I just want to recognize that you knew that about yourself and honored that about yourself. And look what happened. Yeah. Isn't that profound? It is. It feels really good. It's nice to tell this story over again because I I still can get in ruts. I really can. Mm -hmm. But to tell this story helps bring me back to that Mm -hmm. place where I feel reassured Mm -hmm. that I'm doing what I'm meant to do. That you made the right choice. Yes. And I, I dare say... That you are still doing yoga for the masses. Yes. You are still teaching and in a unique and subtle but really powerful way. I hope that I'm teaching by example. Absolutely. I think I am not alone in feeling like doing yoga and then wanting to teach yoga and getting certified to teach and then eventually teaching. It brings a lot of yoga teachers around to actually what they're really meant to do, which isn't teaching yoga. Right. I think that's a really great thing to say for anyone who's contemplating taking yoga teacher training and, and not really that clear on what the next step is. Yeah. Your story gives them permission to use the yoga as a way to shine the light. Yeah. Yeah. That's really amazing. Truly. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you, your process, does it feel in alignment to talk a little bit about that? About the process of actually making the pendants. Yeah. Um, Well, so let me first explain the material. I think that is so intriguing. Precious metal clay was developed in the 90s. So it's relatively new. And um, Mitsubishi in Japan actually developed it. Wow. Um, And what it is is um, an organic binder combined with actual metal particles and it comes in a tiny little package and you can work with it just like clay so you can literally make anything and then you fire your it so it you make it it dries you sand it a lot you fire it in a kiln the binder fires off and you're left with pure metal wow and then you can work with that piece of metal just like a metalsmith would You can file it more if you need to. You can oxidize it. You can hammer it. Do whatever you want. 
Um, and all that is to say that it's still very hands-on and lengthy process. Yes. <laughs> I think there's a total of 32 steps that I go through for each pendant. Um, so I'm very mindful of the fact when I'm making the pendants that energetically they're meant to bring something to the wearer. I'm mindful when I'm making the pendants that the wearer will be energetically affected by wearing it. So the energy I'm bringing to the making of it Mm -hmm. will affect them as well. So I I give myself permission to only be making when I feel ready to make and in positive energy. Now, Mm. of course, I have to batch make (laughs) and make a lot so that I am also trying to make a living. But I am holding the pen in exactly like the wearer is meant to as I'm making it, ingai and mudra. So I do try to stand for most of the time. Mm -hmm. What does that symbolize for you? Well, it's mountain pose. Ah, I love that. Yes. So, and I, I, you know, I can't do this 100% of the time. That would be silly to think, but I'm imagining the energy coming up through my feet into my body and out through my hands. Hmm. And then at times I'm also imagining the energy that's coming through my crown chakra. Hmm. Down through my body and out through my hands. And I once saw a friend who was an intuitive and also does sound healing. And she told me that she pictured me in a past life as a maker sitting, but still she could see the energy coming up through my feet and out through my hands into what I was making. So especially since she said that too, I do keep that in mind while making the pendants. Yeah, I think it goes back to what you said about doing the shadow work. You know, a lot of that is is giving yourself permission to let it be messy. <laughs> yeah. Know? And maybe some of that is transmuted to whoever is wearing your pennant. Like, mm. I'm enough. Mm-hmm. It's okay if it's, if it's really freaking messy right now. Yes. Yeah. I'm definitely I'm gonna sit today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely a permission giver. Yeah. And I love the word allow. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Cause that process work needs to look exactly however it needs to look. Mm-hmm. And you get or draw inspiration from the chakras from the lotus. Yes. Say a little bit more about that. I think most people have heard of the lotus saying, no no mud, no lotus. Yeah. Meaning that from the muck, beautiful things can blossom. Right. And, and even without the muck, it wouldn't be as beautiful. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that's that messy room again. Mm-hmm. That That's what's there. And you'll make the best of it. You will find that blossoming lotus within that messy room. Right. And of course, when I am picturing my crown chakra, it is in the form of a white lotus opening and blossoming to allow divine energy in. Mm. Yeah. And my education and knowledge of the chakras also only recently began. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's been amazing. So I see a Reiki healer here in Asheville, Sarah Levine with Nurture Healing. Mm. Um, She's been helping me with that process too. So I come about once a month and she balances me. I think it's interesting that you're bringing that up because the post I chose to put on Instagram today that you're probably not aware of because (laughs) you were driving here or walking here. Um, 
was the first day that you got Reiki from her. Oh. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. And I'm going to see her next week too. Yeah. So I'll just say a bit about that, that it's, that was a magical experience for me. Um, You know, my, my understanding of the chakras, I mean, really, it really just has been in the last couple of years since all of this started. Um, And it is magical for me to feel those bodily sensations, Mm -hmm. the physical sensations of emotions, Mm -hmm. because I am one of those people that for a long time blocked out the physical sensation of emotions. Mm. So I could logically know what I was feeling, Mm -hmm. but not physically sense it. So that is beginning. Decapitation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's a whole nother awakening (laughs) of its own, awakening the sensation of emotions. Um. And the first time that I went to see her and could feel her moving my energy, it was just magical. <laughs> I I didn't know that could happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's beyond cool. Yeah. It's, it's just another hmm, affirmation you know, that we're all connected mm-hmm. and that we are just balls of energy. Yes. Yeah. So what that looks like for me now is that it's just remaining in the awareness when the physical sensation presents itself mm-hmm. as a non-judgmental observer. Right. And allowing. Mm-hmm the full spectrum of emotion. Mm -hmm. And to just be curious to go, oh, I actually, I remember this sensation from when I was a child and it felt so overwhelming. Isn't that interesting? Yes. Yeah. The curious piece of it, curiosity, I think is so healing Mm -hmm. in that witness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think the opportunity you've created through your pendants to hold that mudra while being curious, to me, it it looks like connecting a circuit Mm. to our wholeness. Because Mm. we do live in our heads or in our bodies, and rarely do we get that opportunity to connect everything together and we dissolve into wholeness. Yes. And for me, that image of connecting that circuit feels so familiar and yet so foreign all at the same time, if that makes any sense. Yeah. It's like coming home. Right. Yeah. Through a meditation practice, I've learned to connect with my sense of a divine self, Mm -hmm. an inner self. And I read somewhere, I can't remember where, that it's believed that the thumb and the forefinger represent yourself and divinity. So literally, when you make that connection, you are connecting your bodily self with the divine. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if... Everyone gets that when they wear a pendant. <laughs> um, I can't always market it in that way, I have to say. You never know how that will be taken, but for me, that's definitely what it is. Right. Yeah. And so you're languaging it so that it's accessible and letting them discover that when they're ready. Right. I language it so it can, people can identify with mindfulness, Mm -hmm. at least, you know, having a moment where you're aware of your surroundings and Mm -hmm. trying to Mm de-stress. People know what stress feels like. People know what anxiety and depression feels like. So if you can just have a moment 
where you can say it, where you can acknowledge you're feeling that mm-hmm. and maybe have a positive affirmation that can help bring you back mm-hmm. to recenter yourself. Just a few deep breaths. Mm-hmm. And it's really the breath work that does the work. Exactly. Yeah. And as I say this about anxiety and depression, I know that those are big mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't ever want to give anyone the impression that I think my pendants can cure a person of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I always encourage people to get professional help. Mm-hmm. Use the pendant as another tool tool. Mm -hmm. because in my in my mind i'm picturing if someone you know maybe goes to a counselor for 10 weeks Mm -hmm. then they have the pendant when they first go in Mm -hmm. they learn something uh, the perfect affirmation for them for what they need to heal and in that 10 weeks learn to use what they learn from the professional and enforce that with the pendant and then when they're done with the counselor they have the pendant with them forever. Mm. And you, yeah, in a way, you are helping them create new neural pathways. Yes. With that connection. Yes. That physical tool mm-hmm. that is already embodying your intention. So that's a whole other powerful element of it. Yes. That I'm positive they are feeling. Yeah. And then having the the process involve that tool just creates that new neural pathway. Mm-hmm. And so they can always go back there when they find themselves using a pathway that doesn't serve them anymore. They have another reference, mm-hmm. which is really powerful margaret it is yeah yeah i'm I'm over here shying away because i just (laughs) sometimes it's a little overwhelming feeling that i've been chosen Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of the why me? Like mm-hmm. what what did I do to deserve this? And mm-hmm. and I I believe that the pendant is powerful. And I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. But you know, that's just some doubt that I'm still processing mm-hmm. that still comes up. And for me, when I first made the pendant and I had that day where I was like, wow, I did this thing that I had the idea to do. My first positive affirmation that I needed was that I am capable. Mm-hmm. I had spent the majority of my life believing that anything I tried to do was going to fail, you know, that I was never going to mount anything. I wouldn't be successful. You know, a lot of negative thought patterns that were lodged in my brain. And I realized that the making of that first pendant for me was a belief that I am capable. It's like that Marion Williamson quote. It's not our, our inadequacies that scare us, but that we are powerful beyond measure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's not the exact quote, but that's the gist of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And how true is that? Especially when we receive such an amazing divine download. Right. <laughs> and we carry it through to fruition. Yes. It's it's so overwhelming and yet perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me personally, the other big negative thought pattern that I try to combat is feeling worthless mm. or unworthy. Mm-hmm. So I also use my pendant a lot to tell myself that I am enough Mm -hmm. and I'm whole and complete. Yeah. I keep going back to the festivals. Yeah. I absolutely agree with you that that is a a really critical element of the work Mm. that that you are taking on. Because it, it makes a huge difference to be 
in your presence and to feel the work coming through you quite different than just looking at your work online. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I know it's probably not easy to travel so much and and to, you know, set up and break down and, you know, have the pressure of an upcoming show and making enough inventory. And then there's the being seen and the talking to people and all the things that involve you being present for someone who is going to choose to wear this pennant. Yes. Yeah, I am I'm glad you brought me back there because festivals are a lot of work. Um and it's a big growth and learning experience to be present. Mm-hmm. For example, being at a festival recently where we had a lot of mud. <laughs> I mean, the whole field just turned to a mud pit and everyone there was just completely positive because we all knew it couldn't be any other way. Mm-hmm. There was nothing we could do to change it. We all knew it was about, you know, if this was going to be a positive experience, it was about our own attitude, staying mindful and present <laughs> and responding. recentering ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Responding versus reacting. Yes. Yeah. So, and I wouldn't want it any other way. You know, teaching was more of a challenge for me mm. than all of the challenges that come with festival work. And I often tell people, I wish I had had this centering pendant when I was a teacher. <sighs> yeah. So a big sigh for teachers there. <laughs> <laughs> thank you to all the teachers out there. Yes, thank you. Yeah. And I, I also want to take an opportunity to give a shout out, (laughs) a big thank you to my husband, Fred Graham, who is with me at every festival. I love that. I have several artist friends who do the festivals on their own, and I know it's a ton of work for them. And I have an amazing partner in Fred who is with me at every festival, you know, does a lot of the work. When I don't feel like talking, he's talking. Does all the heavy lifting, just I cannot thank him enough for his support. Yeah. I'm just going to let that trickle down because that's big. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel that. Yeah. And it it probably takes a lot to receive that support. Yeah. Like I'm getting a little teary eyed. (laughs) Yeah. If you've ever heard of the Enneagram, he is the giver. uh, And yeah, it's endless. And it is very touching and (laughs) mind boggling how much he has to give. And I have this feeling that that has everything to do or has a huge part uh, to do with who you are. Mm hmm. Yeah, how you were able to come together to do the work that is meant for the people. Yes. Yeah. And you're doing it and you're making it happen. <laughs> I am doing it. <laughs> I am doing it. And currently I, yeah, I mean, there's always more work to be done. Oh, you yeah. Know, processing to yeah. be done. And I'm currently processing how to how to market a product, <laughs> you know, you marketing a product yeah. that has so much purpose and meaning, right? which is also why I say I prefer the festivals where I can talk to you face to face. And you know, I'm not just like, I'm not just trying to get you to buy this thing, right? but it actually works and serves, works for me and serves me in a positive way. And I believe that it can for anyone else who chooses to use it. And like with anything else, it only works if you believe it will work. Yeah. You have to to ask, believe, and receive. Yes. Yeah. So how do we find you? How do we come? When is your next festival where we can see your work and have a conversation with you and just be in your aura? 
I will be at Leaf downtown, Leaf in the streets. Um, it's August 2nd and 3rd, I think. It's the first weekend in August. My birthday is August 6th. I'm just putting that out there. Um, yeah, it's a two-day festival, so I'll be there Saturday and Sunday. That's awesome. Yes. And what else you've got going on in this area? I know. Oh, wow. So I will be up here monthly for Reiki. I also, all my friends are up here. And my work is represented in Flow Gallery in Marshall. That's wonderful. Yes, that's currently the only gallery in the United States. Well, in the world. <laughs> Let's go big. Yet. Flow Gallery is yet. the only gallery in the world that has my pendants. And um, they might stay that way, quite honestly, because, like I said, I just prefer the festivals and the face-to-face -face so you can tell someone about a pendant. Um, a lot of artwork in galleries. Mm -hmm. it, mm, <laughs> you don't right. get the full picture or it's, the full story right yes and if my work is in a gallery someone has to be there who's willing to explain it right otherwise it might be misinterpreted as like a donut <laughs> <laughs> or a lifesaver you know yeah. um the designs are obviously set it apart mm -hmm. from a donut right but it is a and circle with a hole in it. So, <laughs> well, you know, I did feel better one day when I'm, when um, someone pointed out that it looked like a Taurus and I was like, does. Oh, what's a Taurus? I didn't even know yeah. what that was. And he said, it's the pathway that energy takes Yes, in the universe. I was like, Oh, I have this amazing, that is so interesting. A good friend of mine. Hi, Christine. I know you're listening. She sent me this phenomenal article about it. So I will include that in the show notes because it explains it really well and Great. I will send it your way. So you're absolutely right. It is a Tauros. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, this person is a meditation teacher here in Asheville and he looked me in the eye and he said, that's amazing that that was just in your consciousness. And I think that's the best compliment I've ever received. <laughs> Coupled with a moment of like, why me? Yeah. <laughs> but also like, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, at a gallery, I would have to be reliant on people to explain mm -hmm. the purpose and meaning. And that just can't always happen in a gallery setting. So right. yeah. Flow might be the only gallery ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Yep. So we have just a couple more months to wait to. Yeah. To hang out with you. And in the meantime, you'll be a busy bee just creating. Yeah. I am currently um, coming up with new sketches for designs. Um, the designs are all hand-drawn into a scratch foam, mm. which is a very thin foam that then I can use to press into the clay when it's wet. Um. There's lots of molds and, and stencils and designs out there that are ready to be bought and used, but I prefer to draw my own. It gives it another element of art. Mm -hmm. What am I trying to say? It's it your energy. Yes. Yeah. And so I do all the designs in limited editions as well, similar to a printmaker. Right. And then I inscribe the edition number on the side of each pendant. That's awesome. So that they'll all be special. Mm -hmm. They are your children. Yes. <laughs> they are individually handmade. Yes. I'm not sure if they can be cast because they're hollow forms. Mm -hmm. so, so a yeah. lot of work and time and energy and love go into each one mm. of them. So much love. Yeah. Um, I hope I'm helping to heal the world. <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt you are doing your part every day. Mm -hmm. Thank yeah. In these last few minutes, is there anything else on your heart? Hmm. I... What immediately comes back to me is just the word allow. 
And that time constraint that is, let's face it, an excuse that we all use for why we don't allow ourselves to process deeply things that we need to process. And I hope that the message people are getting today is that if you don't have an hour or or let's say a year for some counseling, that you learn to take just one minute. If that's all you have, to just take that one minute and take a few deep breaths. And let that be enough. It's a beautiful message. I think I needed to hear that today, so thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. And thank you for being here. I'm glad I met you. Thanks for having me. Mm. Namaste, friend. Namaste. Mm. And there we have it, friends. We've reached the end of another episode of Asheville Awake. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to visit AshevilleAwake.com to join the conversation and access the show notes. It's so inspiring and motivating for me and my guests if you take some time to leave feedback on iTunes, Instagram, or Facebook. If you know someone who might be a perfect fit for the show, please drop me a line. AshevilleAwake at gmail.com If what we talked about today really resonated with you, you can connect with Margaret at mgoodsongramstudios.com or make sure to visit her at Leaf Downtown, August 2nd and 3rd. Until next time, friends, be well.